Welcome to Hearts Unleashed, a personal and professional development podcast. We are raising the frequency of humanity through emotional intelligence. Life coach, best-selling author, and speaker Abigail Gazda interviews amazing humans from all industries, sharing inspiration and insight about thriving as your most authentic self. If you're ready to open your heart and take inspired action on your dreams, you are in the perfect place with wonderful people. Here's your host, dreamer, educator, and adventurer, Abigail Gazda. All right, you guys, welcome to the Hearts Unleashed podcast season four. I am probably going to be hyping that this is season four for at least a few episodes because, you know, we are in our third year, our fourth season with hundreds of episodes. This is our 200th episode. And that is really thrilling because I have a very dear friend with us, Ramin Azizi, and he's an activator. That is the informal slash formal uh, term for what we would like to explain. And you're going to get exactly why in this episode. But he is also the founder of Rise High School of Yoga and Human Potential. And he has his signature course, Humble Warrior, which I have been so blessed to get to witness his work and be a part of it as well. And he's just an absolutely phenomenal teacher. So I can't wait for you guys to learn from him today. He is also the founder of the We Are Group Project, which is all about human health and the earth health. And so we are going to dive into those topics, but I just also want to introduce Ramin in a very special way. I specifically remember meeting him through the Landmark Education, and we were standing outside on a break from one of our courses, and we just had this phenomenal conversation, and it went so in-depth, and he was sharing about consciousness and understanding deeper and, and coaching and how it all ties together. And it was such an activating conversation that three years later, I still remember it very vividly. And we have worked together on many projects. Uh, I get to be the sponsor of one of the, of the group project and, and also participate in the Rise High School. So uh, yeah, Ramin, I could probably just brag about you all day, but I guess I'll welcome you to the episode. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh, this is 200 episodes. Wow. It's just a testament to the consistently work and commitment that you put on and the service that you created through these podcasts. I feel very special to be here with you and I'm all in. Let's talk about everything life and energy and consciousness. Let's do that. Now, I would actually love to start right where you just said is all in you, you are all in on your work. And I would love to know how you got into the work that you got into because your life wasn't always about consciousness, was it? <laughs> <laughs> no, it definitely wasn't. It definitely wasn't. Uh, well, let me start with the wasn't and then I can switch with the was. Uh, you know, to be honest, like one way or another, I always felt you know, in my early 20s, I have to be ambitious and look good and conquer a lot of things and manifest a lot of things, even if I had to force them. I kind of always knew that it's kind of empty, but I had to do it to, I guess, grow. You know, part of me was like, okay, I know this is empty, but let me experience it for myself. <laughs> and um, it was cool. You know, I got to, um, you know, start manifesting things for myself and jobs and stuff like that. And, and this is a typical story. I think a lot of us, especially in this day and age can, can relate going through that, you know, uh, Valley of the ego. And, uh, eventually got to the point I started to ask, um, 
deeper questions. I was like, okay, this is cool. I guess we are the author of our life. We really are. Uh, but let's go deeper. Uh, why do I do what I do and who am I? And that's a question that every human being faces in their life at some point, at some age. And depending on your journey, it could be younger or older when you face that. And if you go deeper into that and look for answers um, and peel the onion, it may take some time. Eventually, you get to the point that you really start to find something that gets you up in the morning. It connects you to your own personal self-expression, talent, and purpose. And that's how it started for me. I started to ask that question and, and I, you know, started to go deeper into my purpose. What do I care about? And what I really cared about is to activate people and share with them that using your breath, using the movement of your body, using the power of your thoughts and your intention, you can create inner peace. You can create a lot, lot more using those things, but <laughs> let's start with the basics because if you establish inner peace, a um, lot more things fall into place. So that. that's how it kind of got started uh, for me. Yeah. And you know, you, you use the word a couple times deeper, every conversation I've ever had with you, it seems that you've gone deeper and like in the gap of when we, when we chat is you've, t you keep going to the depths and, and you do this. So it's kind of funny because you go to the depths, but your school is named rise high. So talk <laughs> about that difference and how they're actually probably pretty correlated. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. Uh, yeah. So when you go down there, you peel the onion. So let me let me uh, take a step back. Um, in order to experience higher levels of consciousness, we gotta drop the baggage. Think about it in terms of a airplane taking off. The lower the weight of the airplane, the faster it can take off. So that's where we always start. We go deep uh, to drop the baggage of the past and limiting beliefs and the tricks that the mind puts on us. Once we do some of that work, now the possibility that we create, the beingness that we create has a chance to fully permeate through. You make it easier for yourself to permeate your light. Uh, so that's, that's when you go to the subconscious domain, first of all, and you uh, shed some light over there and you look at yourself and you say, mm, these are the limiting things I've been projecting on myself. Okay, I'm willing to let that go. I'm bringing awareness to it. So that's one layer. The next layer is, okay, how can I access the superconscious? Because the idea is, regardless of the obstacle that we face in our life, we can always rise high, meaning we can always go to the next level of awareness and solve our problem. And another thing Rice High alludes to is once you're inside of the problem, you're wrapped around a box, you're in it, you can't see it, you have blind spots, as we say. But once you rise high, you step above the problem, you tap into I'm abundant, you tap into uh, your inner strength from your heart, mm. and then the problem loses its power over you, clarity comes through, solution comes through, you start to take action, boom, all is well. Yes. I love this. Okay. So guys, ladies, gentlemen, can you tell why we have him on the Hearts Unleashed podcast? He's talking all about unleashing your heart. And I love the language because you have, you know, we have a general same message about 
rising. I, I often use the uh, terminology transcend, right? And mm. so, but I love how you said drop the baggage. It ties back to something you said when you first started was the value of the ego. Going through the part of our life where achievements and titles and things are really important and maybe certain relationships are the way that the world sees us, the way that we see ourselves And that we, at some point, probably identified that that's not fulfilling. It's not fully satisfying. It did what it did, and now it's not doing it anymore. And so it's time to like drop all that. And I think what a brilliant, like the imagery of the lighter plane flies higher faster is so cool because I think that, you know, not I think, I'm very aware that our listeners are committed to higher levels of consciousness. So can you tell us a little bit more about having access to the super conscious, having how we can take ourselves there and, or maybe how you take your students there? Oh, very good. Very good. Right at that edge that you talked about, right at that edge that you like, I'm manifesting all these things and everything is perfect. Yes. Yet I'm so unfulfilled. If you stay right there, there is an opportunity for you to go from creator to co-creator with life. Mm. Oh, I have chills. Oh, yes. Right there is the chance to go and say, you know what? Now I'm willing to be a beneficial presence for my community, for my family. Now I'm willing to expand myself. And instead of working really hard, I want to be more about the bigger picture. Um, That's the first step because it's very beautiful because you literally declare to yourself, I'm not this limited thing, but I'm part of a bigger collective Mm. and I have access to it. I can tap into it. I can draw wisdom from it. I can draw energy from it. I can draw healing from it. And That's the collective consciousness. So think about the collective consciousness at the very, very top. And collective consciousness includes the nature, the animals, the planets, how the cosmos is unfolding. All that inner wisdom is the collective consciousness. And part of that is the human consciousness. And part of the human consciousness is the collective mind. And your mind is part of the collective mind. So if you take the hierarchy and if you really declare to yourself and believe it in yourself that I'm not a limited thing, but rather I can go up next layers and tap into the higher wisdom, then all of a sudden you start co-creating what's possible for you versus forcing through. Really beautiful. So many gems. It was kind of... um almost musical to listen to you or poetic because it just had such a flow to what you were saying. And I love the idea of getting outside of yourself, Mm -hmm. right? To connect to the collective, because I think that most of our internal struggle is when we stay internal, because obviously we know that the inner journey is the, is the inner journey, but it's, it's just different, right? Like there's the inside the head and then like inside Mm -hmm. the heart, maybe what's, what do you see there? Because it's such a fine difference. And I'm sure that people are doing their best to figure this out, but help us figure this out. <laughs> okay. Um, I share a couple of things. First of all, about the I. I want to share about how I, I ego, applies to levels of consciousness. So imagine three levels of consciousness, self-conscious, conscious, and super-conscious. 
mm. where you're in the state of super conscious slash flow. Mm. There is no I over there. And when you're in the subconscious, there's still no I over there. Right now, our heart is uh, beating mm. and there is no I over there until I think about it. So subconscious, there's no I. Super conscious, there's no I. The I exists whenever you are conscious. So right now, I am conscious that I'm speaking over here. The I exists, okay? So the process of getting into the flow and tapping into the super conscious starts with letting go of the constructs of the I. And at the beginning, this might be a little bit scary for people. They'll be like, oh, what if I lose myself? What about myself? I don't want to become selfless. What about my survival? I want to still pursue my dreams. Uh, you know, all those things comes up because it's, it, it, now you're, you, know, you get into your survival. But the idea behind it is actually this is the only strength that you do have once you release the high. <laughs> uh, it's the only strength that you do have if you really think about it. It is the access to your fulfillment, dream, and love, and all those things. It just makes it easier. You can go ahead and manifest it on your own too. That's perfectly fine. Humans have been doing that for millions and millions of years. It just takes longer, and in the process, you'll suffer more. You know, you were sharing and it never occurred to me this way when you were talking about super, I was also hearing about sub, the subconscious and the way that it's so objective, right? Like in the conscious, we're subjective, meaning I, I, me, mm -hmm. and then like the subconscious manifests objectively. It's going to man, like if you, what you think about, you bring about kind of thing. It's like, oh, is that what you want? Okay. Here's more of that. It's very unattached, but it's going to deliver what your energy is. It's going to reflect your energy, right? right? And so I just love that because no matter what the I self is trying, has a desire, is trying to manifest, is the preferences, what we're attached to, the subconscious doesn't play by those rules. And then neither does obviously the super conscious because we again disappear. And it's, I'm so present too about the super, it's like the highest good of all, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So it, it's that flow. It's like this true selflessness of generosity and reciprocity. And gosh, like I, you're just, I'm just so amped up. So I'm going to hand it over to you. What are you hearing? Oh, at all? Oh my gosh. You got me present to something. What you shared was very good. Aunt, uh, Dr. Alan Watts says yes. this. Oh. says, how do you know if you have a good shoe? When you wear it, it's not there. Yeah. Something like that, he says. <laughs> I model my life around that too. How do you know you have a good life where there is no much of you there? Um, things are happening. Businesses are running. Communications are happening. There is a flow, sense of flow over there. And again, it's not about all happy flow. It's about even when you're hitting the low vibes, even you're going through uh, loss and separation and um, disappointment, even through that, when you allow the feeling to come through, when you know how to be with that, that is flow too. Mm. So <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's very similar to you said. I'm so related. Uh, so I'm a Pisces, so I'm a fish <laughs> and... I like uh, one, a, a longstanding joke about Pisces is like being more daydreamers. 
And so when you were talking about how do you know when you're, you know, the shoe, uh, he also says like, you don't, your if your eye is working, you don't pay attention to your eyeballs. If your teeth are working, you don't pay attention to your teeth. They're just there. They're doing what they do. Same thing. Like you said, with the heartbeat earlier as a Pisces, like when I'm in flow, I'm just doing and being and laughing and kind of following whatever the next set of inspiration is. But when it's not working, I often feel checked back into reality. I feel kind of grounded and I'm very like in it. And so that was just such a difference that I notice on a day-to-day basis. And I want to give that to our listeners because I know, you know, no matter where we are in the Zodiac, we all definitely have our different personality types, but I think that we can probably identify when we're in flow Mm -hmm. and then when something's not working and we're kind of forced to look at it. What do you have to say about that? Very similar to you said, call it personal flow. Call it alignment, or my favorite one is call it your home frequency. Mm. Everyone has a home frequency, and you need to tune into your home frequency. You got to keep it sacred. That's where you get your self care. That's where you get your source. That's how you get sourced. Yeah, um, yeah. concept of home frequency. Discover oh. it for yourself. How can we tune into our home frequency, or you know, tune into our bodies? It requires self-discovery, of course, and it requires activating your awareness. So let's break it down. Uh, There is a physical awareness. The body temple needs to be strong. And when I say strong, I don't mean muscular strong. I mean, pranic strong. Sorry, I'm dropping in a yogic term, but life force, life force wise. Um, You see someone and regardless of their weight, regardless of their shape, you can see if this person has enough life force or not. And that has to do with the breathing habits, you know, Um, your moods, uh, what you eat, how you sleep. As a person, you got to look at what works for you physically. How many hours you need to get? Is it six, seven, eight? What feels good for you? How much water you need to intake? Uh, All those things. So there's a physical alignment that is required for you to be in your home frequency. So that's one part of it. Uh, the next part of the tapping into your home frequency is basically when your mind and your heart align, right? So that's when you're in your home frequency. Um, when you're doing your business mm-hmm. and your heart and your mind is like, there's no zero doubts over there. They're aligned. The mind is not saying, what if this happens? What if that happens? What if this happens? What if that happens? The mind is like, I'm just ridiculously committed to solve whatever problem it is. And I'm not going to even complain about my thirstiness. I'm not going to complain about my hunger. I don't want to complain about how I need to get stimulated. Just I'm fully in charge of uh, serving my heart. That's, That's, again, that goes back to purpose. And it's what needs to get activated. And it's another critical part of alignment. Mm -hmm. Heart, mind, one frequency, physical body available. Um, And again, it's a personal discovery. For uh, some people, their home frequency is when they wake up in the morning, they want to have their coffee, they want to be in the bed for half an hour, stretch this way, that way, journal, have a nice breakfast, like... Oh my gosh, that, that puts them in such a good element. Um, I, do, I do a lot of that myself too. <laughs> and, and some people, they just want to get up. They are ready to jump out of the bed. They just love to get that uh, coffee break or whatever the case is and just leave the house. They're the, that's their home frequency. That's when they activate it. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So it's worth to discover that. And the funny thing about it is every now and then you got to interrupt it. Yeah. Um, so if you're someone who's always like a morning person and you have like three hour morning routine and you're doing it and you love it, the challenge is like, you know, after eight months, interrupt it and see what happens because you learn something new. You expand your range. You find something new about life every time you do it like that. You can always come back to your home frequency, but it's necessary to make ourselves a little bit uncomfortable. For example, if your home frequency is that in a group, you listen more and you only selectively share, throw yourself out there and get out of your home frequency every now and then too. So you, you still have your range, your range still unlimited. You can share, you can listen, you can sit with the rich, you can sit with the poor, you can handle it all. You can be in a hot weather, you can be in a cold weather, you can be with all of it and you're choosing your home frequency. That's so powerful because as we probably all well know, life will take us out of our home frequency right? So I just love that you suggest take yourself out of it, be at choice about it and create the diversity of different frequencies and whatnot. Because when we get, how do we act when we get launched off of what's normal, predictable and routine for us? And so um, now yoga is very Uh, I don't want to use the word routine. However, there are rituals and patterns to it. So tell us a little bit more about yoga because here you have a school of yoga and human potential. How do those tie together? Um, Yeah, tell us a little bit more about the yoga perspective. So yoga is a system. We can sit here and talk about wisdom, insight, how beautiful it is to be present, how we should all tap into nothingness. We, We can talk about all those things. But what is more special is when you actually experience it in your heart. And that's why the journey started for me too. I was like, I believe me, I, I love all of it, but I need to experience it in my system. And that's what yoga provides. Yoga gives you the system and the techniques to experience that. It's not the only way. It's just a system that gives you that. You can go through different systems uh, to activate your life force, your consciousness. And this is one of the systems that is very direct and is very effective. Now, the thing about yoga is not all types of yoga are the same. There is hundred different types of yoga and each one of them connect you to different part of the consciousness. Um, one thing we should know is Yoga has very little to do with stretching. <laughs> I'm so uh, glad you said so. <laughs> that's for starters. It has really little to do with stretching. And even if we stretch or even if we strengthen the body temple is because we want to be able to sit easier in meditation, because we want to breathe easier, mm. because we want to embody more energy. That's why we do the stretches. Um so the stretches are really auxiliary. They're really mm-hmm. secondary. Yeah. Um, for me, where yoga starts is breath. Even when I'm teaching, um, and I learned this from my own teacher, um, she, when I started early on, she wouldn't even look at what exercise I'm doing. She would just like sit on her chair, uh, a chair and she would listen to how we breathe. And she would call me from the back of the room and say, like, you in that corner, you need, you need to do this with your breath or angle your hand this way. And I would do it. And 
later on, I want to go ask her and say, like, how did you know, like, these things? So, like, I don't even really look at your posture. I just look at the sound of your breath. And I know that you're doing it right or not. Mm. So that's that's where really yoga starts. You can literally do whatever you want, right? Right now, sit <laughs> sit over here and shake your body like crazy yeah. and add a um, nice rhythmic breath pattern to it. And all of a sudden, um, you, you're doing yoga and that will alchemize energy within yourself, which is perfect topic because you're all about (laughs) (laughs) energy the master of alchemizing energy yourself um so that's it yoga starts with the breath is a system now when we talk about human potential and we talk about increasing the kundalini energy what is kundalini energy kundalini energy we can relate to it as creative energy life force energy life force energy breath rides on top of life force. So if you learn how to control your breath, you can control your life force. Mm. So if you push your breath all the way to the lower of your belly and hold it there and hold it, hold it, hold it for two minutes, guess what? You have alchemized something. It has certain effect on your body. And yoga studies that, okay, what uh, effect does that have? What if you hold it at the diaphragm? What if you hold it at the chest? Now, what if you can pull it all the way and life force and now hold it at your crown? Because as we know, energy goes where the intention goes. So if you could learn how to move this energy up and down your spine, you can basically tune your body in different ways. Now, during the day, the life force drips down, all the life force during the day as you go through your day. And this life force manifests in a physical form in different ways. One of them is when you go to the restroom. That's a downward flow of the um, life force energy, Mm -hmm. uh, which helps you release what doesn't serve you anymore. Mm -hmm. Another way to uh, release the life force energy is um, through sexual intercourse. And these are all valid ways to release the energy, the downflow of it. Now, what happens if you hold some of this energy and you don't get it released right away? Mm-hmm. And now you start to pull this energy and using the power of your breath and intention, you bring it up towards your other organs. You bring it towards your solar plexus. You bring it up towards your heart. You bring it up towards your throat and all the way up to the higher energy centers. That has a particular effect. And that's what we are interested in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And that's why we want to study because you learn how to move the energy. You can start to alchemize different effects that you have. Go ahead. I have a, I have a question because you're sharing something that's really brilliant. And for those of us who aren't uh, familiar with what you're sharing, right? Like you were saying, you know, when we use the restroom or sexual intercourse, like we're releasing. So often I think that when we think of maybe those activities, we're thinking of waste, so my question would naturally be, why would we want to move the energy from the bottom back up to the other organs? Like, what is the benefit of that? Or what's the, what should we be thinking about when we're doing that? Because if we have the connotation of it being the lower order, why would we raise it up higher? Can you explain that to us a little bit? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. The thing about it is 
this energy is the energy, is the life force energy. So it's the pure energy that it could turn into anything. You can take this energy and you can turn it into heart inspiration. You can take this energy and you can take it into willpower in your solar plexus. You can take this energy and you can turn it into creativity. There is different things that you can do with it. Mm-hmm. Um, you can release it down. That's perfectly fine too. Um, your body needs to release in that form too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing about it is there is no lack of it. It's just dormant. And it's just sitting over there dormant and dormant and it gets piling up and piling up and piling up. Yeah. You can do many other things with it. You, when you send this energy up, and this is the type of research that Dr. Joe Dispenza is really leading um, experimentally. This is um, the ancient wisdom, but he has experimentally shown the effects of it is when you pull this energy up and you bring it up and bring it up, um, and this is very experiential. Um, over the time, you experience the heat and the vibration. It comes all the way up and it comes towards the brain. And the effects that this thing has on activating your brain is incredible. Mm-hmm. First of all, it activates the pineal gland. Pineal gland is something that we can spend like hours and hours talking about. <laughs> but, just, but just like a little um, tiny gimmick is that once that gets shaken by this energy, now we know, thanks to science, that activates the pineal gland. Pineal gland has a piezoelectric effect, meaning it turns a vibration into electric pulses. So that's one impact of it. Another impact of it is you can look at someone's um, brain scan. Before they do that, you take a scan of someone's brain. Okay, so anyone's brain works um, based on your habits, if you take a scan of your brain, there are certain parts that are more uh, work more often and there are certain parts that don't work at all yeah. <laughs> because of your routines, because of your job, like all your surroundings. Um, what this practices do, you can look at the brain. So when you bring the energy up, the entire um, brain uh, gets activated and shoots mm-hmm. up. So a person who has been operating their whole life in a very logical sense, now their inspirational faculties of their brain starts to color up and shoot up and they have access to it. And someone who's been all in the world of creation, imagination and, and dreaming, now their logical senses uh, of the brain starts to basically heat up mm-hmm. and it allows the person to activate different parts of their brain. So that's eventually, you know, that the reason you want to hold on to that energy and you don't want to release all of it is because you can literally take it from parts of the body and channel it, solving real problems in your life. So as we begin to wrap up, I have two reflections and a question. And I love what you were saying. And I wanted to go into some of the mechanics for our listeners is like, that you mentioned our, the life force energy exists like in our pelvic region and, and to upcycle. That's the, the term that I wanted to use as a reflection was like, we are upcycling it, bringing it up, bringing it up. So listeners, like you literally have a chance to turn on both parts of your brain by sitting into a meditation or, or stretching. And, and I wanted to go back to what you were saying with yoga, because you used a term that, that I use a lot, but I wanted to dive in on it, which was be with, mm-hmm. and then to sit with discomfort, right? And how important you mentioned was 
the breath. You said you could be shaking your body, but if you can keep your rhythmic pattern of breathing, that you're ultimately practicing yoga, right? So we're, we're practicing that internal peace. I imagine that when we're shot, because because of the context of the conversation, we're imagining being in yoga class or sitting in meditation or stretching. But ultimately, this is every single day when your kids are screaming and when your boss is complaining and when your spouse is arguing, right? Like, can you find calm in the chaos? Can you keep your breath steady under pressure and stress? And I think that this is absolutely brilliant because you said it is like, we can be always practicing yoga and meditation. And I just think it's so brilliant. And and before we jumped on here, you were talking about tuning, tuning, uh, like a tuning fork. So if you could, you know, teach us about that as we head off here, so we could take this into our lives, like how can we be setting really powerful intentions to stay calm under stressful situations. Beautiful. The basics of it is to notice your mind follows your breath. Mm -hmm. So if you take an inhale and you just keep holding it and you keep holding it and you keep holding it, (laughs) your mind has nowhere to go but to shut down. Okay. No, and not to shut down, but to get quiet, very quiet and very focused. Okay. Now, if you tap into that space and you squeeze in an intention that you really believe and you hold it right there, but the mind is quiet for a sec, and then you let that permeate through your being and it makes it to your body, it goes from your thought to your body. Then you have tuned yourself literally energetically into a uh, new being. Mm. That's called being a shapeshifter. I love it. <laughs> um, and let's give it a shot together. Okay. Yeah. Let's say um, you want to connect with inner peace. Okay. So right now, sit tall, shoulders back, chest is open. Big inhale. Exhale, release. Now take a big inhale and hold. This time, put your entire focus on I am inner peace. I am inner peace. I am inner peace. Go deeper. I am inner peace. Now slowly release the exhale all the way from your crown to your toe. Feel the peace. Take a big inhale. One more time. I am inner peace. I am inner peace. Slowly release from crown to toe. Okay, come back to the room now. You can already feel the bliss. And the idea about it is keep doing this until it permeates your being. If it takes you 10 breaths, then 10 times. If it takes you 21 times, 21 times. Eventually, it gets to the point that you do it within two breaths and you're connected to inner peace. Now, what's the point of doing it? Is it going to take away from our problems in the world? Is it going to change the political, um, social, economical status of the world? 
No. What it does is that it gives you the focus and inner peace so you can operate from power and solve your problems and world problems. This is not a practice of sitting at home and feeling good. It's about a practice of sitting at home and feeling good and doing what's necessary to move the needle. Yes. I'm so grateful for you actually walking us through that to give us the real experience of it. Because first off, yes, like this is all about that alchemy, about transmuting energy and how instantaneous that really felt because I followed right along with you and, and I could feel the drain of the energy. And then also I actually, I felt some of the heat come up too. So I was experiencing that. And, um, and in our, my second book, talking to the trees, Madeline is doing this throughout the book. She stops for 10 breaths when she's freaking out or she goes, she closes her eyes and goes inside and, and, uh, talking to the trees happens to be the sponsored book for we are Groot. So I would love for you to tell us a little bit about we are Groot. Oh my gosh. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) Talking to the trees. Amazing. Amazing. Uh, I just like, you know, it's so cool. It's like, I feel like everyone talks to the trees, but you know, <laughs> uh, through the listening that we allow it. Talking to the trees, um, amazing book that sponsored that movement. We are grouped. Uh, can I share about how we are group got created from the beginning? I think yes. you, you get a kick out of it. Yes. Um, so around eight eight uh, this year uh, on eight eight actually. Um, sitting over here at the house uh, in my uh, home office. Mm-hmm. And um, I just received this big pulse of energy. Like I can't not ignore it. And um, my entire body feels like I need to run and I need to start training for a marathon. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like, what is this about? Like, and, and I knew that this is not my mind. I knew this is not my mind getting stimulated because the energy was so real. It was so in my being, like, I was just like so vital as it came to me. I, I knew this is like something I got to do. And I started sharing it with people and, uh, I'm not known for a marathon, <laughs> being a marathon <laughs> runner. So my coaches, my family, people around me, they're like, oh, what is that about? Like, you have nothing to do with that. Maybe like go train something else, you know, and uh, do something that has to do with yoga and meditation. And, um, and within me, I was like, mm, this is yoga and meditation because the whole point of what we do on the mat and the whole point of what we do with the eyes closed is to be able to recreate it with the eyes open in real life. But what's the point of like (laughs) not being able to do it with the eyes open? So (laughs) for me, it was like, you know, I want to put myself into a test and I want to see if I can meditate on running for five hours and cover a marathon range. And that means focusing on my breath. That means overcoming my pain. That means um, thousand other things that, you know, you, you, you experience even regular yoga class. That's how I started. And I'll tell you for the first 10 weeks, it was within my, uh, for the first 10 days, it was really within my ego. It was just like, I'm going to show you how great I am. I want to show like, you know, I can focus. I want to show like, I can do this. I want to show I'm strong. And, and the whole time was very lonely. 
you know, and uh, and it was and it was very unlikely of me. I was like, you know, like I don't understand. I'm all about community. I'm all about creating. All about empowerment. And you know, this thing really existed within me as like a very like masculine. I have to prove something to the world for the first ten days, mm-hmm. um, and and it was perfect, mm-hmm. even though it was that way because it really allowed me to put aside a noise and say, you know what, I'm going to do this. And my heart believes in it. I'm going to do it, even if I have to force it. And then after 10 days, the light came, you know, the clouds went away. And I was like, okay, I'm doing this. And in the process, I want to serve my community. And in the process, I want to serve the planet. Uh, It's really not, again, it went through from, you know, we talked about the beginning of this podcast. I, I really had to look at that unconscious part, bring consciousness there. And then, okay, now I need to take it to super conscious. Um, and I want people to see the, um, the spaces of it. I want the listeners to get it because you go through this yourself too. Your heart gives you a mission that it has nothing to do with your life. And you're like, you still got to pursue it. And, you know, and sometimes you're pursuing it through your ego and looking good. And that's even okay because it, it was a phase, phase of it. Um, and then eventually I, I decided to turn this into a community event. And I said, why do I want to run alone? What's the point of running alone um, in general in life? <laughs> let's run together. You know, let's create a running event where if you want to run a marathon, run a marathon. If you want to run a half a marathon, half a marathon. If you want to do four to eight miles, you can do four to eight miles. And let's elevate all of us wellness, especially in the day and age that we have the epidemics and a lot of uh, places uh, are closed. We can always run. Mm-hmm. You know, we always, we don't always have gym equipment, but we can always run and we can always breathe outdoors. So it turned into a community movement. You know, it was, it just like, it just worked when I got out of the way. It just mm-hmm. started to work. And when I got out of the way, I actually had the willingness to reach out to people, someone like yourself, the conscious brands that I know and ask for sponsorship. That's when it all happened, you know, and then the flow came and then you helped me and another person helped me. And then some people started running and another person wanted to run. And all of a sudden uh, we created an event that is um, planting trees as people run. Our mission is to create a foundation where for every mile that you run, we plant a tree. Mm -hmm. And just think about that. Think about a world where we take care of our wellness and we take care of the wellness of the planet. And it's a self-sustaining system. So that's where we got born out of messiness and confusion and ego and and he went through a, and uh, it came out and we had an amazing event um, about uh, two weeks ago and we had uh, 20 people running four to eight miles. We had four people running a half a marathon for the first time. Wow. Um, no kidding. Running a half a marathon for the first time is not a joke. Um, I got an opportunity <laughs> <laughs> to run a marathon. I finally got to do my first marathon and, and it was a very life transforming experience in every form of it you can think of. Uh, it's literally like meditating for five hours with the eyes open. And I'd like to share a couple of things about that too, if you have a couple of minutes. Yeah, we do. We do. Okay. Um, just going through this marathon for the first time, um, main lessons that I learned uh, through it is, first of all, 
I encourage everyone to go for a long run because you will always bump up against yourself, especially in the first few miles. Uh, this is how it's going to go. You're going to be like, oh my God, I cannot believe I haven't run for so long. My knee hurts. I'm so weak. I should have been faster. I should have been like this. This happens, that happens. And then you go through this uh, mental chatter and it's brutal. And and sometimes you just stop. You know, I stop sometimes too at, at the first few miles and uh, and that's okay. And then you warm up and then you warm up and your breath goes in and then your breath kicks in. And You've been doing it for half an hour and all of a sudden you're like, oh my gosh, you know, my body doesn't hurt anymore. My mental chatter went away. And what you get really present to is like, I put so much limits on myself. Like uh, the first, I, I promise you, every time you run, the first two miles is much higher than the next four miles. Because after that, the body has surrendered, the mind has surrendered, they're working together, they're listening to you. So that's something that I want everyone to experience out of a uh, long run. Yeah. Um, and then lastly, quite frankly, I only prepared for the marathon for 90 days and <laughs> um, physically it wasn't enough. Uh, you know, I, I was able to pull it off. If someone else wants to do it in 90 days, I encourage them to do it and be responsible because um, my legs weren't trained enough. So throughout a lot of the <laughs> last two hours, I was just literally holding my breath, using my breath to transmute the pain without, um, injuring myself. You know, uh, there's two types of pain. One pain is, you know, your body complaining and one pain is, oh my gosh, I broke something. I never communicating. Got, yeah. <laughs> yeah. The body's always communicating. I never got into that point, but you know, it was, I definitely felt like, oh my boy, I'm very close. So, uh, what I want to leave you with is as long as your mind and breath is in the game with you, um, the body will follow, listen to your body. Don't damage yourself, but you can even run a marathon by training just 90 days. Um, and again, it's not about the 26 miles or so that you got to go. It's about going the extra mile for you might be going from six miles to 10 miles or someone might be going from two to four. It doesn't matter. Uh, it's about putting yourself in that state that, Oh my gosh, I can do this. I can do it. I thought I can't do it, but I can do it. And what else I can do in my life. So that's a miracle of long run. Mm -hmm. And lastly, what I want to leave you with is regardless of what you're doing, you got to believe in something. Some people believe in God. Some people believe in universe. Some people believe in their higher self. Some, some people believe in their heart. Some people, they believe in their ancestors. Some people, they believe in nothing. Yeah. Um, believing in nothing is still believing in, in something, right? Yeah. Regardless of what that thing is for you, stay connected to it. That's what's going to take you the extra mile when your mind is exhausted, when your body is keeping, uh, letting you down, believe in what you believe. Mm -hmm. And that gives you access to the extra energy, the extra inspiration. Mm -hmm. Even when you're deep inside of your problems, it's the same thing. It always, always, always comes through. Find what you really believe in and really believe in it. Amen. Thank you so much. Because I heard you talking about running, but I, that what you said applies to every area of life. Believe, 
hold the vision and keep going and move past any of the barriers that try to show up. So thank you so much, Ramin, for sharing your brilliance, your heart, your depth. Yep. And so, um, you know, we want to make sure that we're able to follow you. So anything else that you'd love to leave us with? What I want to leave you with is world peace and sustainability. That's my message for the world. That's what I want to always leave people with. That's what I like to promote. And that's what I like to expand. And if any of the stuff that I spoke with you um, spoke to your truth and you're interested to get into the work of activating the dormant energy, Mm -hmm. uh, you can always uh, send me a message. Uh, You can participate in the Humble Warrior Program. We now offer it in level one and level two. Um, and, uh, it's been a very interesting and cool journey, uh, guiding people through this experience. And, um, I would love to share that with you as well. Yeah. Wonderful. So then where can they go? Cause you said message you, where can they message you? Where can they follow you and connect and get involved? Yeah. Fantastic. You can always, uh, find me on my website risehigh.me. We talked about rice high a lot. So remember that one, rice high in general. And if you wanted to get it, a uh, hold of me, risehigh.me is my website. That's M-E. And you can also, uh, the best place to get a hold of me on social media will be Instagram. That is at Ramin as easy. <laughs> that is R-A-M-I-N-A-Z-E-A-S-Y. And then for Rise High, that's R-I-S-E-H-I-G-H dot me. Yes? Dot M-E, yes. Perfect, perfect. So Ramin Azizi, <laughs> I love that one. And then are you on Facebook as well? Can people connect with you on Facebook? I'm definitely on Facebook too. It's my first and last name, uh, Ramin Azizi. And it's connected to my Instagram for sure. Wonderful. Thank you so much. I'm so excited for people to connect with you. Maybe they're ready to start running their marathons and and checking that out and or rising high through yoga, meditation and reaching their human potential. So Ramin, I want to acknowledge you for constantly stretching into your own human potential. It's inspiring. It's thought provoking. It's wonderful. And I love, I appreciate, you know, we've gotten a chance to work together in many capacities and it's really wonderful to see a male in his divine masculine energy serving with his life purpose. And you are certainly doing that. And I absolutely love witnessing you in all of your grace and power as well. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for leading the way. Thanks for unleashing all of us. And I can't wait to talk to you again soon. Amen. And thank you. And hearts, thank you guys. Thank you for joining us for the very first interview of season four of the Hearts Unleashed podcast. You guys, welcome back. We missed you. We are glad to be serving you again. So be sure to share this episode with those who are getting interested in that super conscious reality and sharing their unleashed hearts. So thank you for tuning into the Hearts Unleashed podcast, where we are turning dreamers into doers. Thanks for tuning in to the Hearts Unleashed podcast. We hope you found all the inspiration that you needed today and that you use it to take the next inspired action on your dreams. If you love the show, share it with a friend. We love spreading the love. For more information, to listen to more episodes, or to shop Hearts Unleashed, visit us at heartsunleashed.com. See you next time, hearts.